It's lunchtime at Tim Hortons, and we're serving up a special deal just for you. Our new $5.99 lunch deal includes your choice of any lunch sandwich and a side of crunchy kettle chips. Because what's lunch without a little crunch? And the sandwich choice is all yours. Like a ham and Swiss, Chipotle chicken wrap, BLT, and more. Made to order just the way you like it. Tim Hortons' new lunch deal. Simple, delicious, and just $5.99. Now that's a good deal. Only at your neighborhood Tim's. U.S. only. Price of participation vary. Terms apply. There were two more murders 15 miles away. When police arrived, they found the telephones and electricity lines. We have a weird homicide. A scene described by one investigator as reminiscent of a weird... Morning. Murder. There's nothing worse than finding out the person you care for is lying to you. Well, except dying for the lies you know nothing about. On January 8th, 1981, a young woman died because of a secret her boyfriend kept. A secret that became more dangerous when a man named Michael Morales got involved. So, if you like your coffee hot but your bones chilled, sit back and start your day with a morning cup of murder. 17-year-old Terry Winchell was your typical high school girl living in Ventura, California. She was described as wholesome, beautiful, extremely well-liked, peppy, and on the verge of a successful adulthood. She had straight A's, excelled in tennis and swimming, and above all, had an incredibly beautiful singing voice. She sang everywhere, at school, at church, even at parties, and had just become the lead singer of a rock group called Hit. She did all of this while working a part-time job at a restaurant to try and save money for college. She had everything going for her. The girls wanted to be her, and the boys wanted to date her. And one of those boys was a 19-year-old baseball player at a nearby college. He was a good kid, made good grades, and went to a local church where he saw Terry singing at a choir performance and fell for her. The two began dating, but according to some, something always seemed off. On the surface, he was an all-American-looking boy, but even Terry had her suspicions that he was hiding something vital about his life. She was, unfortunately, absolutely correct. When this boy wasn't with Terry, he was carrying out a secret affair with 19-year-old Ricky Ortega, which, besides being a heartbreak for Terry, wouldn't have been that big of a deal. Except Ricky was extremely jealous. And every time he hung out with his lover and his girlfriend Terry, that jealousy seemed to grow and grow. He began teasing Terry and making snide remarks at her, making it clear that he was not her biggest fan. Terry even made offhanded comments that she was sure Ricky was gay, having no clue that her own boyfriend was his lover. One day, Ricky had about enough and went to speak with his cousin, a man named Michael Angelo Morales. Michael was a previously convicted felon, and Ricky was prepared to hire him to take out his competition, Terry Winchell. For weeks, Ricky changed his attitude towards Terry. He attempted to be nicer and set the groundwork to invite her out without raising suspicion. On January 8th, 1981, Ricky invited Terry on a shopping trip as a way to make amends for the way he'd been treating her in the past, and she gladly accepted. I can imagine she was happy to have her boyfriend's good friend finally showing interest in getting to know her. When she got in his car, Michael Morales came up from the back seat and tried to strangle the young singer with his belt. He used such force that the belt broke, and he grabbed a hammer and began beating her until her skull was crushed, all while she screamed for Ricky to help her. Ricky and Michael then drove her to an isolated area where Michael told Ricky to leave and come back later. 
He then dragged her unconscious body lying face down across the road and into a vineyard where Michael raped her before stabbing her in the chest four times and ending her life. Terry Winchell died not knowing she was in the middle of a love triangle and that it was this triangle and the lies told by her boyfriend that would end her life. When Terry didn't come home that evening, her mother called the police, worried. She told them that the last person her daughter talked to before leaving was Ricky Ortega. Police tracked him down the next day, and he immediately confessed to the murder. Within two days of her death, Michael Morales was arrested at his home after confessing to the murder to his girlfriend, a housemate, and a jailhouse informant. Inside of his apartment was the broken belt covered in Terry's blood, knives, a hammer bearing traces of blood hidden in the fridge, and the blood-stained floor mats from Ricky's car. Michael admitted to murdering Terry Winchell, but when it came time to start his trial, his defense argued that he was high on PCP and, because of this, the murder did not qualify for the special circumstances required to earn the death penalty. They also said the crime was not premeditated. The prosecution argued that Michael had all of the tools he needed readily available in the car at the time of the murder, showing he planned out his course of action before Terry even entered the car. That he practiced strangulation on two female acquaintances before the murder, and even confessed to the murder while in jail. He was sentenced to death in April of 1983, but almost immediately, people start to argue for Michael's sentence to be overturned. There was never an argument that Michael committed the crime, but there was still solid arguments about the level of premeditation and how it worked with the California death penalty laws. The case relied heavily on the testimony of the jailhouse informant, who claimed that Michael confessed to planning out the murder in advance instead of just reacting to defending his cousin like he claimed. But this informant claimed Michael made his confession in Spanish, a language he does not even speak. The judge in this case announced he had a change of heart and doubted the informant's confession and even asked Governor Arnold Schwarzenegger to grant clemency to Michael Morales. In early 2006, Michael's defense attorney hired a special prosecutor to be one of the lawyers fighting for Michael's appeal. They filed the papers stating that five out of the 12 jurors had doubts about sentencing Michael to death. The prosecution rebutted that the documents were forgery and accused the investigators and anti-death penalty activist Kathleen Colhane of helping the defense falsify the documents. The defense withdrew the evidence, the clemency was denied, and Kathleen was criminally charged with forging documents. Under a plea agreement, she served five years in prison. Michael was scheduled to be executed on February 21, 2006, but the date was postponed after two court-appointed anesthesiologists withdrew from the procedure, citing ethical reasons. Because of this, California planned to overdose him on intravenous barbiturates, the only option with no anesthesiologist present. February 1st came, and Michael Morales planned to have his life ended. But just two hours before his execution, the state of California notified the Ninth Circuit Court of Appeals that they could not comply with the lower federal judge's ruling and that his execution must be carried out by a medical professional. That the only legal way to execute an inmate is with a medical professional and a medical professional cannot aid in someone's death as it goes against the Hippocratic Oath. His execution was halted, as were all of the other executions planned, leading to a moratorium on capital punishment in California entirely. Michael's death warrant will now have to be reissued by the original judge, who has already made it clear that he no longer believes Michael should be sentenced to death. He will likely just spend the rest of his life in prison. 
Thank you for joining me in my morning cup of murder. Please join me again tomorrow to hear what terrible thing happened on January 9th. Don't forget to rate and subscribe and let me know how you like it. If you want to help support the podcast, there's always Patreon or just sharing it with your true crime obsessed friends. And remember, stay safe. Life's better with American Family Insurance because our home policies help protect your dreams and come with peace of mind. Save up to 25% by bundling home, auto, and life. American Family Insurance. Get a quote, find an agent at amfam.com. Products not available in every state. Discounts may not apply to all coverages on an auto or home policy. Discounts do not apply to life insurance policies. Visit amfam.com to learn how discounts may apply to you. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, S.I. and its operating companies, American Family Life Insurance Company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin.